Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by Jeffrey Gardner, author of the new fantasy novel, The Path from Regret. Jeffrey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for the invitation. Very excited to uh, chat. Absolutely. With you today. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your debut novel, The Path from Regret, how would you describe the novel? No, that's a great question. I I would describe it as uh, a story of of two parts, and the the first is an external conflict, which would be a chase, and the second would be an internal conflict, really looking at the ideas of memory, time, and regret. And so in the case of the chase, again, this is a a fantasy story, so it's set on a a secondary world that's not Earth, has fantasy races, and the chase comes from uh, the the main protagonist of the story is a a wizard, and he is a part of a collective, and this collective has lost one of its members. And Thorn is the name of the, the protagonist, and he is tasked with chasing down the clues needed to find this missing wizard. So a large portion of the story is a bit of detective work, trying to find clues about why this person went missing, and then trying to find this person. And it turns out that as the story develops, it becomes uh, a bit of a mystery as to why this person is missing. And and Thorne and his party finds out that this missing person is a victim of a conspiracy. And what's troubling to Thorne is that this conspiracy is perpetrated by people he knows, people within the Wizards Collective. So they've uh, disappeared one of their own. And he's trying to figure out why he was tasked to find this person and what are the consequences of them being um, abducted and taken away. So that's kind of the external conflict. The internal conflict really has to do with Thorne's past. Uh, Being a a wizard, he's got immense magical power, but he's made a lot of mistakes over the course of his life. And these mistakes have really ground down his morale, and he's really kind of despondent when you meet him at the early part of the novel, and he's made a decision that he wants his memories erased. And because he's a wizard and because he has met a lot of people with powerful magical abilities over his life, he actually knows someone that has the ability to erase memories. And so throughout the story, he really kind of grapples with this, what does it mean to have these memories? Do they make me who I am and create the individuality that is me? Or are they a burden that I can basically jettison away and I can move on to greater potential because now I'm not anchored by these painful memories that might be holding me back? And so that's kind of the internal conflict. And those two things kind of weave uh, together through the story, the external conflict, the chase. And while he's going through this chase, trying to grapple with this idea of memory, time, and regret, and deciding, does he actually want his memories erased? Do you remember the original idea or impetus for The Path from Regret? I do, actually. And it, it, it really has come from being uh, a reader and, and, a, and a real fan of fantasy and science fiction. And so the idea for the story or some of the, the plot points or the bits of magic that happen in the story came from reading many other fantasy books and stories and always having 
a somewhat level of dissatisfaction when I'd read a a story and there was uh, a conversation between two characters. I always thought, mm, maybe it would have been more interesting if they had gone in this direction than in the, the you know what was actually written in the story. Or if there was a fight scene or a bit of magical effects, I always thought, well, this is interesting, but boy, wouldn't it have been cool if they had done X, Y, or Z? And so those ideas were, I started to write those down and saying, okay, if this was a conversation between two characters with magical abilities, what would they really want to talk about? And if there was going to be a, a battle and, and magic would be involved, what would that look like in a way that seemed grounded in reality, but had some fantastical effects. And so in terms of the the magic system in the story, I tried to keep it plausible. Obviously, with magic, there's going to be fantastical things happening, but I wanted it to be where you could envision it being a bending of the laws of nature and not a complete uh, you know, disruption and breakage of the laws of nature. Well, can you tell us about your writing journey? What what led you to writing uh, your first novel? Had you written um, any partial novels or full novels before or short stories? Can you tell us about that? Well, absolutely. So I have been a writer my entire life. And so um, I got my very first rejection letter when I was 11. And it was for a, uh, a story that... Uh, I submitted to a magazine called uh, Highlights for Children, which is actually <laughs> still is. around today. Um, and so I got a very nice form letter when I was 11, and I didn't really understand what that meant because you know, you're know you 11, so you go write a story, you get your nice form rejection back, and then you go outside and play, and, and you forget uh, about it. But I'd always been a writer. I always had liked writing stories, telling stories. And I got a little bit more serious about that when I was in high school, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm reading... Uh, a lot of fantasy stories, you know, Lord of the Rings, Dark Materials, uh, things published by TSR, so Dragonlance, Forgotten mm -hmm. Realms, things like that. Um, and I said, okay, all of these stories have some type of cool magic or a wizard that's that's kind of uh, an important character. I want to write about a, a cool wizard too. And so I started writing uh, short stories first. That's really how I got started in, in on my writing journey was writing short stories. And then sent those out to uh, all of the, the literary magazines at the time. And this was back in the day where you sent a paper copy with a self-addressed stamped envelope. And you'd send it out and you'd be really hopeful that you'd get uh, a positive response back. But uh, inevitably, uh, at least in my case, I got back envelopes with my own handwriting on it. So I knew those were, were form rejections. And reading the kind of terse rejection letters, I realized, oh, this... This story didn't really resonate with anyone because it was just a, a non-personalized response. So I really had to focus on the the, the craft and, and doing a much better job of, of fashioning a story that would be exciting to readers. And so continued developing short stories uh, and sending those out through maybe the first half of, of my university experience. And then as I got more serious in writing or more, more serious in my university studies, my creative writing dropped off less and less and less. And then eventually I went to graduate school for a PhD in microbiology. And that was really kind of a, a switch for a time that I focused wholly on academic or technical writing and didn't do really any creative writing for maybe 15 years. And then for my academic career, I got my PhD in microbiology. I became a postdoctoral researcher for a few years, then got a faculty position. So I'm currently a professor at a university on the East Coast. And 
hadn't really done any creative writing for many, many years. But then two things changed. And the first was I got tenure at my university. So I went from assistant to associate professor and my first child was born. And so during the paternity leave that I took uh, taking care of my, my infant daughter, uh, there's a lot of downtime. So for folks that have their own kids, they know that there's this cycle where you feed the baby, you change the baby, the baby mm -hmm. falls asleep. And that cycle really kind of repeats itself many, many cycles throughout the day and night. And during baby feedings and baby naps, there's a little bit of downtime, but you're so tired, your mind kind of goes into autopilot. And I found myself thinking about some of the old stories that I had written back uh, in, in high school and early college. And that led me to writing down a couple notes in my old leather-bound notebook that I had for, for keeping notes and story ideas. And so I wrote down a couple ideas. Well, that turned into a couple sentences, a couple paragraphs, and eventually what turned out to be a couple chapters. And, and by the time my paternity leave was over, I realized, wow, I've got enough material here for something that's bigger than a short story. And that was really when I made the commitment. That that's kind of switch clicked and said, I've got enough content here that I think that I could actually write a novel. And that was going to be the new challenge. Uh, on top of being a new dad, I wanted to see if I could have a new creative challenge. And that kind of re uh, reignited the the passion for creative writing. And so that was the start of me writing the first draft of what would become the Path from Regret. Well, can you tell us about the writing process as you were working on the Path from Regret? Are you someone who sits down and writes an extensive outline before writing the first line? Or do you just kind of dive into the story and the narrative? How does that work for you? No, I'm very much in that former camp in terms of planning and outlining that. That is exactly what I did. And so for planning out the idea, I had these few pages of notes from my notebook. But then once I committed, what I did was I wrote a very detailed outline, which was maybe oh, five, five or six single space lines. And each paragraph corresponded to the synopsis of a chapter. And so I had this what I would call version zero of the of the draft and had an entire outline so i knew all of the plot beats i knew where things were going to go from start to finish the twists and turns the characters all of that and then for each paragraph i would expand that each out into a, a chapter and so i know that some authors like to jump around to the action and to the exciting bits and then backfill the descriptive stuff for me it was much more workmanlike where i just started with chapter one and then filled in each paragraph that I had written until I had a complete draft. And so that became draft one. And then I'd go through uh, a revision, uh, version number one up to draft two. And then at that point, gave it out to uh, beta readers and, and some trusted friends and asked them to comment on it and took those comments back and then went and did that for several more rounds uh, until I felt like it was in a place that it was ready to be submitted out for publication. So can can you tell us what is it about fantasy that appeals to you as a writer? Oh, so I I really like this question when it's asked because the, the short answer is it's the broadest canvas in which you can paint your stories. And so what do I mean by that? I find that for fantasy, you can have uh, incredible action and all of the uh, explosions and fights and exciting parts that you could have in any you know conventional action movie or or adventure story or espionage story, you can have the intense uh, emotional conflict or the the intense drama that you'd find in any kind of literary 
fiction. You can have romance. You can have all of the genres kind of wrapped together. But then you can also have dragons and magic. Or if you're into sci-fi, you can have spaceships and aliens. So you can have science fiction and fantasy can encompass all other genres and also have elements that you can't have uh, necessarily in some of these other genres. So I th- I think it is the the biggest sandbox for you to play in. And I think that's really exciting because when you pick up a fantasy book, you're, you might not always know what's in store for you in terms of the, the races or the magic system or the places you will go or the things you will see. Whereas if you pick up, uh, you know, a, a Western or an espionage novel or a romance, uh, contemporary romance, you, you get a sense of those tropes and that those genres, you kind of know what you're going to get. Whereas for fantasy, I think there's a lot of times the possibility that you might be really surprised and see things that you had never expected. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? I would say it's a marathon and not uh, a sprint. And again, just from my personal experience, I started writing when I was 11 and I didn't get anything published until my mid-40s. So that is a a 30 plus year span of, you know, chipping away, trying to get better, uh, having some dormant periods, picking things up again. And so taking the, the long view is not necessarily a bad thing. And so for, for me, writing is, uh, my creative outlet and, and my, my hobby. It's not something that I necessarily want to make a career out of. So this advice is more for, for folks that, uh, want to, have writing be their creative outlet, but don't want their their career and their livelihood to hinge upon their ability to reliably produce. So I think taking the long view is really important, and that's going to allow you to, I think, be more relaxed. And when you're more relaxed, I think, at least for me, the ideas come a lot easier. So I'd say take the long view, be patient, which I think is also very tough. If, if you would have told high school version of me that's writing, be patient, you will get published eventually, but you need to grow and develop uh, several more years before you're you're kind of mature enough to write the stories and communicate the concepts you want to, you know, that that version of me never would have would have listened. And so I think that I'm fortunate and and you know, getting my first publications or my debut novel much later in life has has given me that perspective. And so I think that has tied into the novel it, it itself. So uh, the Thor, the main character, he's he's an older character, and he interacts with a lot of younger folks. And how they solve problems and perceive the world is very different. I think that's colored by what I'm talking about now. How I see the world in my 40s is very different than how I saw it in my 20s. And so I think that perspective really changes how you how you view uh, your place in the world, and, and it's it certainly colored how I approach the writing process. So. Um, Circling back to what advice mm-hmm. I would have, uh, there's a lot of value into to being patient and not trying to rush to get things done. If you want things done well, they will they will take their time. Sure, that's good advice. Well, are you working on another novel now? I am. So actually, I'm very very pleased to say that I just signed my second book contract. So there will be more adventures for Thorne and in that uh, universe that I've created. So that story uh, is slated to be published in uh, later 2024. So there's more stuff uh, definitely on the way. Well, what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? 
One that I really, really liked uh, was a, I guess you'd call it urban fantasy. Uh, it's called Spindle Lane. The author's name is Mark Reef. Uh, and so he is writing uh, urban legends. So I guess if for fans of uh, Stranger Things or perhaps if you uh, took the, the 80s movie The Goonies and, and kind of put a more mature uh, spin on it, that is the type of, of story that Spindle Lane is. It's about uh, about a, a group of uh, teenagers and their encounter with the Goat Man of Maryland. And so, uh, for for folks that aren't uh, aware that the, the Goat Man of Maryland is uh, an urban legend about a uh, half man, half goat, somewhat uh, demonic creature that terrorizes the the countrysides in in maryland and so the story is really about uh these kids encounter with the goat man and uh how they're over to over to kind of overcome the the evil that is pervading their their neighborhood from from the goat man and so that was really neat because it's it's contemporary in the sense that, that it used real locations in Bowie, maryland but it also had these fantastical elements with this this goat man uh urban legend character so that is one that i i really uh would recommend to, to folks checking out if they like those types of kind of urban ghost stories well where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your debut novel sure so you can find me on jgardnerauthor.com that has got uh links to uh my goodreads page and to the amazon and barnes and noble and target and walmart and basically all of the the outlets where you can find um, there's information more about the the book, so the the characters and the the, the plot synopsis, and also there is a uh, a blog, which I, I I'm reluctant to call it a blog. I call it more of an sure. update section uh, because I post maybe once or or twice a month with uh, updates on the book, where you can find. Um, media things podcasts such as as this or reviews and also some of my thoughts on the the writing process which uh, includes some of the things that we've talked about uh, today that's wonderful well again we've been speaking to jeffrey gardner author of the debut fantasy novel the path from regret the novel is available now so go buy a copy and jeffrey thanks for doing this interview thank you very much for the invitation Absolutely.